The following is an encore presentation of Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Vinny and company will be back in the studio again next Saturday at 8 a.m. for another installment of Drive Time Radio, right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good morning to you, and you, and especially you. New York Vinny here, hanging out with you as we do every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, talking about cars and life on Drive Time Radio. Good morning. You know, I know it's been raining a little bit here, and the weather's cold and everything like that, but, uh, well, actually, it's not probably that cold, but it's getting cooler. But that's okay. We'll keep you warm for the next hour with uh, some good old-fashioned car talk as we uh, sit around and talk about uh, some of the things that happened this week in automobiles. We'll spend a little time paying tribute to our veterans. Sam Comstock is going to join us from the West Sound Military Vehicle Appreciation Society, and we'll get to know a little bit more about the vehicles that took the veterans to where they needed to go to fight the war. You know, once you got off the ship, once you get out of the LST or the transporter, you had to get into something to go. If you weren't marching, you had to get supplies and many vehicles. I mean, we often think of the Jeep or the ambulances that we see on MASH, but there's a lot more to military vehicles than just those. And we'll talk to uh, Samuel Comstock about that a little bit later in the show. Also, we get a chance to check in with uh, my good friend Perry Stern who was down at the SEMA show in Las Vegas. If you have never been down there or you don't know what SEMA is, it is the um, aftermarket show. So all the manufacturers get together, and it's like this um, its this amusement park for car lovers. And you walk through and you see a Dodge Ram truck, and it's a $70 million Dodge Ram truck that has electric uh, curb feelers and ashtrays. But all of the aftermarket stuff that people buy for their cars are usually represented at SEMA, as are all of the manufacturers who team up with these different uh, um uh, aftermarket manufacturers to build some wild cars, also cars that are shown there, uh, and we'll talk to, uh, are, are incredible, incredible cars. Uh, sometimes you'll never see them again except maybe at a car show, uh, but to take a look at them and to enjoy them for a little bit is quite something else. Perry Stern was down there, and we will talk to him a little bit later. Of course, he's uh, the writer for AutoNXT.net and a contributor to MSN.com. We'll tell you if you are a veteran, as we honor veterans today, how to get a free car wash and to uh, kick in a little bit of money, uh, a little bit of money to the Puget Sound Honor Flight people which do a wonderful job of taking veterans back to Washington, back to the Vietnam Memorial, and um, and really honoring those who served us, which is uh, what Veterans Day is all about. And we will take a look at the Kia Soul this morning. That will be what's in our drive-time road test. So lots of good stuff coming up for you. We got a lot, of pack, a lot to pack in to the hours. So what do you say we get going with our top five? Time now for this week's top five. The five things you need to know about cars and car culture this week. All right, top five things you got to know, things you should know, things that will make you smarter around the water cooler. And we started out uh, this morning with General Motors. 
Now, they have this huge plant in Lordstown, Ohio, where they were making the Chevy Cruze. That plant was a focal point of the negotiations between the UAW and GM in the recently settled strike that they had uh, going on. I think they were out uh, over a month, I think 38, 39 days, something like that. And they settled a strike, and part of what they were wanting the UAW was this plant to open up again. Uh, they closed it down when the cruise uh, ceased production, I believe it was earlier in 2019, if not late 2018. They closed it down, and so many people in the Youngstown, Ohio area lost their jobs, uh, lost their uh, economic base. You know, and it's not just the jobs in the factory. It's a lot of different things that go on around that diners and clothing stores and rental houses and everything that goes along. Well, good news for the people there in um, Youngstown, Lordstown. It looks like they have a deal, does General Motors, to sell the plant, which opened back in 1966, to Lordstown Motors, which will be making electric pickup trucks. Now, I know that uh, the uh, Lordstown Motors people were uh, at one time talking to uh, the U.S. Postal Service about making electric trucks for them, but they are hoping that Lordstown and Youngstown will grow into a manufacturing hub for electric electrification of automobiles and trucks. So if that can happen and they can bring the um, jobs or keep those jobs, the um, people that are buying it, the Lordstown Motors people have said they will give preference to former General Motors workers who have been laid off uh, due to the plant closing. So that's uh, some good automotive news this morning. The Japanese emperor has a new ride. Uh, I've... did not know much about this car. It looks like a Rolls Royce, but it is a Toyota. They call it the Toyota Century. It's a parade car. It looks a lot like a Rolls Royce, but it is built in Japan, handcrafted. Very few of them exist, but the Emperor got one, the new Emperor in Japan. But it is extra special because it is, well, here's the thing. Nobody really knows if or if it isn't. A convertible. It's got four doors. It has a, a parade car kind of configuration with, you know, the high back seat and the top is open. But yet if you look at it, you don't see latches on the um, on the cowl or anything like that to put a top up. But yet there's a boot that looks like it would support a top. So the uh, Toyota Century uh, is a, a spectacular looking Toyota. And again, it is uh, built, I, I think, much to look like a Rolls Royce. It really does the job if that's what they were intending to do uh, with this car. But again, a four-door convertible, and I believe uh, probably the first uh, four-door convertible that I've seen certainly since the uh, the, the Lincoln Continentals of uh, the mid-60s. I know that Lincoln showed one not too long ago uh, that they were thinking, but it wasn't a convertible. It was a four-door with the suicide doors, you know, those doors that open from the middle out. But anyway, the Japanese emperor, you'll be pleased to know, is back in a Japanese vehicle. The Toyota Century replaces um, a Rolls-Royce Corniche 
uh, uh, that was built in 1990, that parade car, that was only used just twice. Two times they used the car. They use it, they take the emperor out, put it back in the garage. So if somebody offers you a Rolls-Royce Corniche from Japan, said it's only been used a couple of times, check to see if it's the emperor's car, you might have something right there. The name Roger Penske uh, means a lot to people who are in the automotive business. Whether you rent a truck, you see his name all over the uh, the trucking, uh, Penske trucks, the rentals. Of course, uh, the former race car driver, race car team owner, uh, decided to address uh, the IndyCar and Indianapolis Motor Speedway future this week by buying uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar circuit. So he um, is the money backer here. He's got a ton of money, and he is hoping to revitalize the IndyCar circuit also um, doing a uh, wanting to bring back a NASCAR, have an IndyCar, Formula One there, and, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the technology. A lot of people think electric racing, uh, electric car racing is going to be a big thing coming up in the next, you know, 10 years or so. So they're trying to, uh, you know, um, get themselves in position to be on top of that. So it is... Um, it is an interesting thing in that Penske buys this because it's good to have, uh, you know, somebody that uh, most people in the business uh, like and and uh, respect. I, I would say to um, to run this thing and maybe get the, the racing circuit, the IndyCar circuit, and all its politics over to one side while uh, they revitalize the IndyCar. Uh, uh, track uh, Indianapolis and the whole racing circuit. Tony George, who uh, owned that thing uh, recently, uh, was the seller. He was in tears at the press conference. They also owned, I didn't know this, they owned Clabber Girl um, Baking Soda. They just sold that recently, too, after uh, Mari Holman George, the Speedway matriarch, passed away uh, last November, just about a year ago. So Roger Penske now owns Indianapolis. A pretty cool kind of uh, little uh, thing there where you, you drive on the track and then you own a legendary track like that. Good luck to him. Hopefully he'll be able to bring that thing back. Tesla owners rejoice. They're dancing in the street. It looks like Tesla's pickup truck is going to debut November 21st at the L.A. Auto Show. Uh, The all-electric, they kind of nicknamed it the Cybertruck, saying it doesn't look like uh, anything else out there as far as a pickup truck. I mean, I beg to differ a little bit, to tell you the truth. I look at it, and it looks to me like, uh, if you've ever seen a Holden Ute uh, from Australia, uh, they just, I think, stopped making them not too long ago, but it looks kind of like a Tesla El Camino or a Tesla Ranchero, but they're saying that uh, it will be unveiled November 21st in Los Angeles near the SpaceX rocket factory. Reported cost for the truck will be under $50,000, which will be less than the Rivian R1T, which uh, we were talking about uh, on earlier shows Uh, But they say that this thing will be as functional as a Ford F-150 and be a better sports car than a Porsche 911. That 
I got to see. So Tesla on the way with that one. So if you're a Tesla owner, now you can buy something to haul stuff back from Costco and uh, the lumber yard. Ram 1500, uh, the Ram people, you know, the Ram pickup trucks, uh, they are coming out with um, built-to-serve edition pickup trucks to honor the U.S. military. Uh, these are special edition trucks that cost around $43,000, $45,000 done in uh, the colors of the military. A thousand trucks, each limited editions, and there will be editions that honor the um, Army, the Navy, the Marines, and the Air Force. No word yet on whether they'll be one to honor the Space Force. I haven't seen anything about that. And finally, on the top five things you got to know, you know, hockey is coming to Seattle, and uh, one of the guys that you will get to see when hockey does come to Seattle is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins, a, a, a wonderful human being, not just a great, maybe the greatest hockey player. Uh, some people, of course, will argue about that with uh, Gretzky and Lemieux, but Crosby last year was named the MVP of the 2019 All-Star Game, the most valuable player, and he was uh, awarded a Honda, um, a little Honda, what is it, uh, you know, the uh, little the SUV. And I, I guess Sidney Crosby doesn't need another car because the Penguins hosted a bunch of uh, veterans over at uh, their headquarters, and Crosby um, surprised one of them by giving them a single mother, an Army uh, veteran, a single mother who was raising a child, giving her the car. She said that uh, he was telling. She said that he heard the story, wanted to do something to help the situation, so he donated the car that he was uh, given by Honda to this uh, veteran, the single mom. So a wonderful moment for the NHL and a wonderful moment for Sidney Crosby, and uh, just a, a really nice, uh, you know, nice move. I mean, what's he going to do with the car? He's probably got like 9 million other cars around the house. So he's got this 2019 Honda Passport that he won for naming the 2019 NHL All-Star Game, most valuable player. He gives it to a veteran. We all should be able to do something nice like that for somebody else. All right, speaking of veterans, that's your top five, by the way. Five things that make you smarter about cars when you finish listening than you did when we started listening. All right, coming up. We will have a pair of tickets to give away for the Seattle Auto Show that's coming up next weekend. And we will spend some time talking to a gentleman who is the president of the West Sound Military Vehicle Appreciation Society. Uh, We'll talk about military vehicles, which ones are the most popular, which ones maybe soldiers don't want to get into, and get a better appreciation of the vehicles to get the veterans that got the veterans up to the front. This is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny on Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. 
performing basic maintenance, and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit, including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop yeah, driving that Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. New York Vinny with you. We get a chance now to welcome in a gentleman who is uh, president of the West Sound Military Vehicle Preservation Club. And being as it is... Uh, will be Veterans Day on the 11th. Uh, we'll get a chance to uh, talk to Sam Comstock a little bit about uh, about military vehicles and uh, the vehicles that got the soldiers uh, to and from the front. Uh, Sam, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing real well, Benny. Good, good. Thank you for taking some time to join us, and a happy Veterans Day to you. Thank you. Same to you. So we were sitting around talking, a, friend, a couple of friends uh, and I, about the vehicles that, uh, you know, last week we talked about the new vehicles replacing the Hummer. But uh, we always think when we think of military vehicles as the Jeep. That's the one that comes to mind, I'm sure, first from all yep. the war movies and everything. Um, why don't we start there and talk a little bit about the Jeep and and what it meant to the war effort, and what it meant to the veterans that, that drove those things from World War II uh, straight on through till, uh, I guess, today they still use them, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot of them around. Why they, was it they, so popular? What were they looking for? Well, they, when, I know when they spec'd that out, uh, they were looking for something, and there were some changes. In, but why was that vehicle so popular with um, Army and brass and so on and so forth? Well, I think they could manufacture them rapidly. They weren't built to last. They were just for the war effort, you know, Second World War. And they, uh, uh, when you get a hold of one today, it's, they're in various states of uh, disrepair and uh, conditions. So they were, uh, uh, I can't, don't know if I can explain exactly why they were so popular, but it was what they had. They're only a quarter-ton vehicle, and they used them for everything. They could they could haul whatever they wanted. It also seemed that they could pull a house down too with that little uh, that little. I, I guess it was uh, initially a Willys little four-cylinder motor in there. Yeah, actually, there were two manufacturers, Willys and uh, Ford, built them too. It's kind of interesting. They. Uh, they all had inter- interchangeable parts. They were designed exactly the same. But uh, Ford, interestingly enough, uh, I guess Henry Ford, the military wouldn't let them put their uh, company logo on them. But he put a, a Ford script, F script, on every bolt and, and uh, every part of the, their, the Ford 
Jeeps. It's kind of interesting. Wow! So you can so you can tell if it's a Ford built one if you look at the uh, at the F on those. Now, I, I guess I don't know if many people know this. I um, lived in Pennsylvania um, in Pittsburgh for a long time, and the Jeep was actually developed uh, just north of Pittsburgh in Butler. Pennsylvania, they still have a um, you know historic marker up there where the original Jeep factory that they, the people that developed, I guess they, uh, the military came in and took the plans from and handed them to Ford and to Willys. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it's uh, and of course the Jeep is. Uh, there's been modifications to it over the years, and we still still have the Jeep type vehicle on the road. So they they were really popular. Why, why when people look at that that original type Jeep, and I know we have many types these days, and Wagoneers, and seven hundred horsepower Jeeps, and so on <laughs> and so forth, Trailblaze, you know everything. But why when when you look at that original Jeep, it it strikes a chord in you. I drove a, a Jeep uh, uh, pickup truck, the Gladiator, a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. there's something about just sitting in that thing. That that makes you feel American. Yeah, I th- I think that's a good good way to put it. Yeah, there's we've got a, a number of jeeps in our club. Uh, that seems to be the one that everybody and they're simple to 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 rebuild to refurbish. There and there's all kinds of resources for parts for them. You know, aftermarket, new old stock, uh, have swap meets for them, and uh, they're they're just really popular. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun uh, also to drive, especially the older ones that uh, don't have all the accoutrements on them. You know, the anti-lock brakes and all that stuff. The old, you know, bare, uh, you know, stick your butt in the seat cheap that bounces <laughs> you up and down, and you got to go to. How, how do soldiers not have to go to the bathroom about thirty-five times a day driving well, one of yeah, those things? I I think they were tougher than we are. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. We're talking to Sam Comstock from the West Sound Military Vehicle Preservation Club. Um, you can find them on the web at uh, wsmilitaryvehicles.com. Very great website, very good website to go and look at and to see mm-hmm. some of the stuff that they are uh, doing. What's the next most popular? We all know the Jeep. We all know the ambulance. What is the next most popular vehicle uh, that... Uh, that was in the war effort in World War II and Korea and Vietnam and so on and there, so there, forth. There's a number of them. Of course, the half track was a is one that's uh, we we have one in our club, and uh, they're uh, they they didn't prove out that well. But the the half track, uh, of course, the uh, uh, Deuce and a Half, the Chevrolet and the GMC Deuce and a Half. They were two and a half ton. Uh, Six-wheel drive, I guess. Vehicles. They were, they were used uh, all over. Now, and they also built a Studebaker, uh, two and a half ton, deuce and a half. But a lot, most of those went to Russia for lend-lease. You kind of rarely see one over here. Wow, I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Studebaker had built. Uh, I mean, I figured. Yeah. They, I knew that they built plane motors. I think at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But they, yeah, they, they were building vehicles at all. Now, if so, if you see one of those, you're you're really seeing something rare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, some of the other vehicles that you'll see are the uh, uh, what they call a command car. This was uh, uh, it had a 
it's hard to explain. You, you go online and you'll 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 see one. It's uh, uh, a matter of fact, Patton. People like General Patton rode around in them. You know, they had a driver. So it looks like the old the old bulky Chevrolet, I guess, right? I think they were Dodges. I think that yeah. the, the uh, scout cars were Dodges. I'm, don't quote me on that. I'm I'm not the real guru in our club. Uh, we have some people really knowledgeable that uh, you can yeah. contact. You can you can reach reach us. Yeah, yeah future future time we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk uh, we'll, we'll talk them because this is a, a subject that has always uh, fascinated me really about military vehicles. Now, uh, can can people um, do you have your collection on display? Can people come out and see them? Or oh, do, yeah. you, do you take them out? How, how would somebody come out and see what you have? Well, this Monday we'll have a display, a static display of vehicles over at uh, in Bremerton at the uh, fairgrounds uh, for Veterans Day. They have a Veterans Day event there. Uh, we'll, we usually are in the uh, Armed Forces Day Parade in Bremerton. Uh, we have a big display we do out at the uh, Bremerton Airport uh, the end of the summer. Uh it's part of what they call the Blackberry Festival in, in the Bremerton area. That's a good one to go to. Uh, we have, a lot of people show up there. We have a lot of vehicles. Right. They have, mention, I, oh, good. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, one of the other vehicles uh, is uh, is half ton Dodge. Uh, they were uh, considered a uh, weapons carrier, and. Uh, then the other one is a scout car. They're a, they're an armored vehicle, kind of like a a uh, uh, half track, but uh, but all all wheel all wheels. They're they're uh, they, it's fun to be around them. We we we've, we've really enjoyed it. What do you think about the new um, this replacement for the Hummer that they're uh, talking about? You know, it seems I, to be some people some people love it, some people hate it. Yeah, yeah. I think with all vehicles, there's 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 shortcomings. You know, I, I don't think they can make them perfectly for everybody. You know, like me, I'm six foot six. I can barely get into a jeep. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, yeah. yeah, really. You, that's you're, you're cramped in when you oh, get yeah. one of those things. Yeah, you really gonna have to shorten yourself in there. And as you get older, it gets harder too. So, but yeah, there's well, there's a lot of them out there. We're all going through that, Sam. Um, if people want to get in contact with you or they want to uh, see more about your club, where where would they find you? Well, yeah, on online or uh, I, I'll tell you one of the or- there's an international organization which most of us most of us collectors belong to. It's the uh, uh, Motor Vehicle Preservation Association. Uh, a lot of a lot of people in Europe collect world, U.S. World War II vehicles and of course German vehicles and. Uh, there's just lots of resources out there, but you can you can uh, look in one of their publications and find our our uh, our website there or whatever. But best bet's just to go online and just start looking. You'll you'll find all kinds of stuff: vehicles of victory and you you name it. Well, Sam, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. It's uh, I think it's a fascinating thing, and hopefully. Uh, Sometime I'll get to come out and take a look at uh, at everybody's um, everybody's iron. We'd, we'd really appreciate having you. That'd be great. No problem, Sam. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes. Sam Comstock is the president of the uh, West uh, Puget Sound Military Preservation Club. This is drive time uh, coming up. By the way, let, let me just uh, tell you something uh, before we take a quick break here. If you are a veteran, 
the uh, Brown Bear Car Wash people have a thing on Veterans Day where they will wash your car for free on Veterans Day. So if you go to the Brown Bear Car Wash and you are active military, active duty military or a veteran, they will wash your car for free. Plus, if you get your car washed on that day, they will donate a dollar to the Puget Sound Honor Flight, which is such a worthy, worthy cause uh, where these uh, volunteers, these people get together and they take veterans uh, back to Washington, D.C., to the Vietnam Memorial, to the World War II Memorial, to the different places uh, that mean so much to uh, to these veterans. And they all get together in, in D.C. And I've been to D.C. and seen uh, some of the veterans groups that go there. And it's really um, very emotional to see that. So I uh, just want to thank the Brown Bear Car Wash people for doing that. That's a really neat thing that they uh, will do. So uh, you get the, a free car wash if you're a veteran. And if you go to the Puget Sound Honor Flight um, Facebook page, there's also a whole bunch of other stuff, I believe, on there that uh, is happening for veterans on Veteran Day. Right, I want to make sure we got that in for you, because if you are a veteran, we thank you for your service. And what way better way to thank you than to make sure you have a clean car on Veterans Day. My name is New York Vinny. This is Drive Time on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. You're listening to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Here on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny hanging out with you Saturday morning. We get a chance now to take a little trip down to Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Convention Center is where they hold the SEMA show, which is um, a showcase for aftermarket Really, Speed Equipment Manufacturing Association is what it is, and it used to be the spe- well, actually Specialty Equipment Market Association now, uh, but it used to be all the all you know stuff people that made stuff the Mickey Thompsons and the uh, 
Edis, Gandarians, and all of those people formed an association so that they could have some political power and, and, and show their stuff off. And now it's turned into, I think, maybe one of the biggest car shows in the United States. Perry Stern is a good friend of mine uh, who uh, traveled to that show, and he joins us now. Of course, Perry is uh, from AutoNXT.net and a contributor to MSN.com. Perry, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Vinny? I'm good, Perry. I'm on the radio talking about cars. How bad could it be? Absolutely. And I'm talking to you, which makes it even better. Well, there you go. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. So, how was SEMA this year? You were, you were down there, you walked around the massive floor of the Las Vegas Convention Center. It's, it's like if you're a car guy or a woman, this is like going through the uh, going to Disneyland, isn't it? It's absolutely insane. I mean, I've gone pretty much every year. Uh, I walked, I think, about nine miles in one day through all of the halls. Uh, I think I've pretty much recovered. But the interesting thing about SEMA is it is not open to the public. Uh, this is a trade show. So uh, as cool as it is, and it, like you said, it is one of the coolest auto shows, I think, uh, all year, most consumers don't get to go see it. What, what makes it so cool? What makes it something that I would, I would want to go see if I was just a car guy? If you were imagining the craziest way you could set up a Jeep, for example, um, you will find it there at plus more. I mean, there there were cars that had, you know, there, for example, there were Jeep Gladiators everywhere that seemed to be the the cool car to have uh, to customize. And they were custom, you know, some of them looked straight stock right out of the factory with just some different wheels. Others had tents on top of them, which is another big trend that was we saw throughout. Uh, some of them had, you know, 25, 26-inch wheels on them with big, you know, uh, big grills, big... Uh, lift kit it's uh they just go insane and so it's not just chrome valve covers and chrome uh tips anymore for the uh for the exhaust i mean you, you know you can go out and buy one of these for fifty-five thousand. One of these gladiators and then probably sink another hundred into it by the time you get finished making a a custom out of it oh easily easily uh but it will look cool and you know like I was mentioning, overlanding, that's, you know, where you have the, the, like a gladiator that's completely set up for being off the grid, camping and everything else. We saw more tents on top of vehicles, gladiators, Honda Ridgelines, Chevy Silverados, everything uh, that, you know, are designed to head out into the middle of nowhere and have everything you need. Uh, that seems, seems to be, a to be trend. the trend, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of sad for Pontiac because they had the Aztec, and it was you know exactly. seems now like it was twenty years ahead of its time when they had the tent that went on back of the car and everything. And I know there's been some other cars throughout uh, history that have done something like that, but that seems to be now what people are looking for in a car uh, is not just uh, a car that'll take them back and forth to work, but also something that will uh, take them. If not some, you know, if not up to the top of the mountain, at least to the state park at the bottom of the mountain, and, and keep them comfortable doing it. Exactly. I mean, and and there were a number of concepts, you know, built around this. Uh, one of my favorite was uh, Ram. Uh, brought, you know, they 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 have a display that's filled with vehicles that have been uh, uh, adjusted with Mopar accessories, uh, because of course Mopar is is uh, Chrysler's brand. 
And so they built uh, the Ram 1500 Rebel OTG, which stands, of course, for off the grid. <laughs> and uh, this thing had a full tent on top. It had solar panels. Uh, it had uh, battery packs in the back. You know, Ram has introduced this new uh, tailgate that actually opens kind of like the old barn doors, you know, like the... Uh, uh, right, know, like almost like a 640, right? And uh, so, yeah, so, and so it opens up that way. You can slide out a stove or a refrigerator. Uh, it really is set up for, you know, living well, completely off the grid. Now, I know, and we're talking to uh, my good friend Perry Stern from AutoNXT.net and, of course, a contributor to MSN.com. I, I know that the trucks are the thing right now. I know that everybody has got everything for you can do anything you want to a truck. What about cars? I mean, what's... What, what as we look at cars that that you know we look at manufacturers that are pulling them off the showroom floors practically, um, what what are we seeing if you're somebody who still wants to drive a sedan around but have fun with it? And that's the thing is that you're right. The the cars seem to be a dying breed as everybody seems to want SUVs and trucks. Although very very interesting uh, from Nissan, their theory is that. The new generation that's coming into buying new vehicles won't want to drive what their parents are driving and may return to sedans. So we'll see if that works. But, well, Toyota's uh, kind of, in, of that, in that mode too, right? What's that? Toyota's also there too because they're actually, uh, uh, you know, working on um, working on sedans. Exactly. And, you know, where Ford has completely dropped everything, uh, sedans. The Fusion, which was one of the best-selling vehicles in America, they've killed it. And they're replacing everything with crossovers because they see that as the trend. So I guess we'll see if, if that continues to be the trend or not. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to performance, then you're kind of looking at cars. And so the other car that we saw throughout SEMA was the Supra, uh, which is returned after, 30, after a 20-year hiatus. Uh, and uh, enthusiasts couldn't be happier about, you know, seeing a Supra back on the road. Right. Have you driven that yet? Uh, just briefly, and it is a lot of fun to drive. You know, I would. Yeah, I drove I one like for a about an hour a couple but... of weeks ago, and um, you know, I have this little category of cars you don't want to give back, and that's how I do yeah. my awards now at the end of the year. The car I don't want, I didn't want to give back, and I'll tell you what, the super shot right up to the top of the. Uh, you don't have the BRZ, uh, the uh, the eighty six, I guess, the BRZ. It's a nice little sports car, but boy, the Supra. You know, it brought back that uh, almost that Celica feeling to it. You know, exactly, exactly. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and being rear wheel drive, you know, with with a good amount of power, it's it is a lot of fun to drive. Although at SEMA, uh, they went one better. Um, so, uh, what's his name? The uh, uh, Rutledge Wood, who is, you know, he does anal, anal, analysis for NASCAR, and and he is a self proclaimed super fanatic. He worked with Toyota to build his own special Supra, and this one had a wide body kit uh, made out of carbon fiber. Uh, it was this nice gray with uh, red wheels, and he also uh, made a little work to the engine and uh, put it up to 750 horsepower. Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't a... rip the car apart at 750 horsepower. Jeez. Um, it would be fun, Perry, I would imagine. About, we, I want to go back to the to – the, um, all this camping stuff and all the um, over, you know, the off-road stuff, and to get. So, if the trend is toward electrics, 
What are we going to do when you get your car out into the high spaces up there? Uh, you go up to Snoqualmie Pass, and you hit the, the logging road, and you go somewhere else, and all of a sudden you start to run out of juice. What, what happens? Are they going to sell a big charger for the car? How's that going to work out? It's going to be interesting. I mean, there aren't very many fully electric off-road vehicles yet. In fact, I would say there aren't any. But I think, you know, one of the ways, you know, like Ram, for example, and their concept, they had solar panels. So the idea was that they actually didn't bring a generator in that, in that concept because they felt they could bring enough power with solar. Now, to charge the battery for a car with solar, that could take weeks. <laughs> and so yeah. I would imagine that it's going to be more along the lines of like what Chevrolet Bolt is, where you'll have an onboard generator, gas engine, that will charge the batteries as needed. You know, you can go fully electric as far as you possibly can, and if you find a place to plug in, that's fantastic. But, and think about it, campgrounds all have 220, so campgrounds aren't a bad place to end up to charge your car. But with the generator on board, then you don't have any of that range anxiety because as long as you can find a gas station, you're still moving. Right. I guess it's about the same thing as, as if you have gas. You know your limits, and you don't go uh, you don't go past them. And of course, any of us drivers know that we never go past what we think we can, uh, what our limits are. Of course, and that goes for you know a lot of things. But I always found it interesting though when you're driving an electric car, no matter what the range is, you kind of drive it like you would drive a gasoline car that's almost on empty because you're constantly monitoring that battery charge and the you know how much you have left because with a gas car if you happen to run out you get some gas you fill it up off you go with an electric car you happen to run out you have to get it towed or moved to a charging station where it will sit for several hours before you can get on your way again maybe that's what we need to have safer drivers in in um in, in town is that just everybody has an electric car and they just drive it but, you know, the thing about that, though, is the torque. People are going to like the torque in those things uh, because nobody believes me when I tell them that, you know, you get into that Porsche, that electric Porsche, and all of a sudden it snaps your neck back into the uh, into the headrest when you hit the gas. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much torque, and it's available almost immediately. And, you know, of course, torque is what gives you that feeling of acceleration. Um, so Ford did show in a car that would fit along with that. They actually showed uh, an electric Mustang which is not a, not a production car. It was a concept. But uh, fully electric Ford Mustang GT, you know, current model, 1,000 uh, foot-pounds of torque and 900 horsepower out of its electric motor. Wow. That's, so a, that's there's, probably there's, on the par know, with the Ram truck, right? I mean, the Ram diesel is 1,000 uh, pounds of torque, isn't it? Exactly. Well, imagine using that torque for acceleration rather than stump pulling. Oh, man. Uh, I, I think my stomach would start to just curdle a little bit. Hey, quickly before we you let you go. The, you might, oh, go ahead. I was say you might melt the rear tires, too. Yeah, pro, yeah, probably so. Before we let you go, a lot of talk about a Mustang SUV and a Corvette SUV. Um, you see any of that around there? I did not. Uh, I have not heard about the Corvette SUV, and that's an interesting idea. Um, I have started to see a few sneak peeks at the Mustang, and as they're re- I think they're referring to it as a Mustang-inspired SUV, and I believe there is some level of electrification, so I'm not sure if it's a hybrid or an electric vehicle or maybe both. Uh, but we'll actually see that uh, at the L.A. Auto Show in about a week. There you go. Perry, it's good to talk to you, man. Good to, uh, to spend some time with you. I'm sure we'll do it again pretty soon. Likewise. I'd look forward to it.
All right, there's Perry Stern uh, joins uh, me all the time on the show uh, to uh, talk about cars. He was down at SEMA, writes for AutoNXT.net, and a contributor to MSN.com, and thank you to him. When we come back, we will take a look at the Kia Soul for 2020 in our review and uh, give you an opportunity to win a pair of tickets to the Seattle Auto Show, which is coming up next week. I'm New York Vinny. This is Drive Time Radio on 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit, including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. You're listening to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And back with you here on Drive Time Radio, our final segment as we get an opportunity to, uh, as we do every week, uh, road test a, uh, a brand new car, spend a week in it, and give you the lowdown on uh, whether it's good or it's bad. We'll do that in a second. But first, before we do that, we've got a pair of tickets to give away for the um, uh, Seattle Auto Show, which is coming up starting on Friday over at uh, by the football stadium here at the event center. And uh, it's always a good show, always a good time to go on in and check out all of the new material in one place. What I will do to give these tickets away, and I actually have two pairs, if you go to Facebook and you search out Drive Time Radio, it's Drive Time Radio and TV, actually, um, jump on the site, like the site, and I will pick somebody who likes the site uh, over over the next, um, till the end of the show, whoever jumps in there, I'll pick uh, two people that uh, click like on the site and give you a pair of tickets to the Seattle Auto Show. So that should be a lot of fun. Time now to take a look at the, um, the patented Drive Time Road Test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ah, yes, it's that time again for the 2020 Kia Soul. The all-new, all-redesigned Kia Soul. I don't mind telling you that this is one of my favorite cars. I, From the first time I got one, 
and I turned the radio on, and the speakers started lighting up like it was 1967, and I was in Trudy Heller's discotheque in New York to the new model that has the uh, the light-up um, speakers in the doors up higher. Uh, it is just a car that you can fall in love with. Why do you fall in love with a car like this? Because it is a kind of car that to me is like the Volkswagen Bug. It can be almost everything to everybody. If you want an SUV, the Kia Soul can fit that bill. You sit up high, You, um, it's a high vehicle, so if you're tall or you're wide, it's easy to get in and get out of. It drives like a car. It doesn't. It doesn't come in four-wheel drive, unfortunately. But how many times do you really use the four-wheel drive? Not a lot, I would think. So you have all of that comfort, all of the roominess that you would possibly need. It seats four people very comfortably. Five, if you have to, in a pinch, it'll fit them in there. Okay. Uh, it also has an enormous cargo capacity it is uh, I, I mean it, you can fit almost anything that you need to fit into a car without renting a u-haul into the kia soul now when you get into kia soul you sit down in there and you know it's depends on which trim level you buy the lucky thing about the kia soul is they have several different trim levels that can you know bring the price up uh, considerably but it really, when you come to that uh, subcompact SUV category, there is not much that you can, um, uh, you know, find wrong with this car. As far as driving, you have a couple of different engines. You got a turbo that cranks out a little over 200 horsepower. You got the regularly aspirated uh, uh, engine that kicks out 147. Both of these engines move the car quite well. Uh, quality in all facets of this car is spectacular from the fit and finish on the outside the new redesign gives you the thinner headlights gives you a more pronounced grille uh, a little bulkier on the side so it makes you feel like uh, it's a little macho you got a little macho thing going on here a little aggressive thing going on and i like that it's a very uh a very good uh, feel and look to the car, especially if you buy it in something like red. It's uh, it's really an attractive car. It also, as I said, um, when you get in the car, it is, as you look around you, there are some places where I think they could have made the interior a little bit more upscale. But to tell you the truth, between the functionality of the interior and... The, um, uh, the usefulness of the interior and the high tech that you can buy, including safety equipment in this interior and in this car, uh, I think it meets the challenge of not being boring quite well. And that's the thing maybe about the Kia Soul, the 2020 Soul, that really strikes me. It is not a boring car. You know, you, you get into a lot of SUVs, and they look alike, and they, you know, they drive alike, and it's not a lot of delineation between. You get into the Kia Soul, and this is a funky little car, man. You want to, you get the Soul, you want to roll down, even when it's raining, you want to roll down the windows, you want to crank up the music, and you want to drive down the street. It's also, because it has high 
uh, crash test scores and active safety features that you can buy and slots in probably between 25 and 30,000 bucks. It's a great car for your kids that are going off to college. It's a great car for your wife or your husband that is, uh, you know, that, that second car that maybe you don't want such a luxury car. You need to scoot around town. You need to put stuff in it. And it is, um, I, I think it's a fantastic car. It's a solid value. The resale value on them are good. And initially, it cost a lot less than other cars in its class. Uh, so I think when it when you look at this car overall, the improvements that they've made from the bigger touchscreen, uh, the more standard features like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, uh, the wireless charging, uh, a bigger touchscreen on some models, a heads-up display, so on and so forth, uh, you'll find that this car, uh, this Kia Soul, really is a spectacular value. And then you add to that it's roadability. You don't get bored driving this car. I've take, I took, well, let's say I took about two long trips, and never really got uh, got bored driving it. You know, it's, it holds the road well, and you know it has the characteristics, obviously, of a front-wheel drive car. But it holds the road well. It, you don't get tired driving this car. You don't develop back pains or anything like that. And with the heated and cooled seats, uh, you know, it's really it, it becomes. A pleasure to drive. You can buy one uh, if you can find a, a base one for you know around seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars. You could probably get the thing all the way up to about twenty-seven to twenty-eight if you go for the GT line and the turbo and um, you know all of the uh, the packages that you can buy on this thing. But again, I will go back and tell you. That uh, this, as far as uh, this particular type of car, instead of going out and buying, uh, you know, uh, an SUV that's going to cost you 40 you probably get just as much as, uh, uh, bang for your buck and what you need and style in uh, this little uh, $20,000, dollars $30,000 car. And it's funky as well. And again... Great cargo space, better than many small SUVs, 24-plus cubic feet of space behind the rear seats. And if you fold the rear seats down, you get over 62 cubic feet, and you're driving the funkiest-looking car on the block, of course, unless somebody else goes and buys one as well. So the 2020 Solar, what I uh, drove was $22,600 as tested. It gets a top pick. Well, previous goals have gotten top picks from uh, the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and uh, also the uh, the setup for the child seats, the latch car seat connectors, are uh, extremely well done and give the uh, soul an extra added uh, confidence for those people that uh, have to put uh, child seats in the back because of the anchors that are set really deep in the seats. So that's the look at the 2020 Kia Soul, and that's this week's drive time road test. And actually, we're uh, right up against it as far as that being this week's drive time. Hope you enjoyed the show. Really had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, once again, 
Uh, we thank our guest, Perry Stern, and um, the other people that uh, joined us this morning, and, of course, uh, everybody who helps make this show a possibility. We thank you so much for, of course, always your, uh, your participation. Again, uh, two pairs of tickets to give away. For the uh, uh, Seattle Auto Show, go to my Facebook page at Drive Time Radio and TV, and you'll be able to uh, qualify for the tickets uh, right there. So that'll be a lot of fun if you get to go down there. And you can join us uh, join us next week for another edition of Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll check you out next Saturday morning.